最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。President Tsai Ing-wen received a parliamentary delegation from the three Baltic states on Thursday. The group included the Parliamentary Foreign Affairs Committee chairs of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Tsai and the lawmakers discussed tech collaborations, academic exchanges, and issues of regional security. In recent years, exchanges between Taiwan and the Baltic states across many spheres have grown even closer. We hope that the three chairs here today can help facilitate Taiwan's participation in the Baltic COEs, the Cooperative Cyber Defense COE in Estonia, the Strategic Communications COE in Latvia, and the Energy Security COE in Lithuania. This will help further deepen our cooperation in such areas as national defense, cybersecurity, and all-out defense. This is the first time that the Baltic countries' foreign affairs committees jointly organize a delegation to Taiwan. Tsai said that the joint visit was particularly meaningful in terms of regional security and strengthening the unity of democratic countries. The chairperson of Estonia's Foreign Affairs Committee, Marco Miklasen, said that the three Baltic states and Taiwan are beacons of democracy. They all face authoritarian neighbors, and they will join hands to face challenges, he said. Taiwanese aircraft maker, maker AIDC, or the Aerospace Industrial Development Corporation, has delivered its 1,000th aircraft fuselage. President Tsai Ing-wen attended a Taichung ceremony marking the milestone. Besides making commercial aircraft, the AIDC also makes defense products such as the Brave Eagle jet trainer. It's on track to deliver 66 Brave Eagles to the Air Force by 2026. AIDC has delivered its 1,000th aircraft fuselage, a rear fuselage for the Bombardier Challenger 350 business jet. President Tsai Ing-wen attended a ceremony to mark the milestone. This 1,000th aircraft represents the hard work of AIDC and many other Taiwanese manufacturers over the past 25 years. It is an important milestone for Taiwan's aerospace industry. AIDC is a leader of Taiwan's effort to produce defense aircraft domestically. Over 30 years ago, it took up the heavy responsibility of developing IDF fighters, laying the foundation of Taiwan's aerospace industry. Since taking office, Tsai has made homegrown defense a priority. AIDC, along with other contractors like National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology, have worked to improve Taiwan's defense autonomy and drive the growth of its aerospace industry. The growth of Taiwan's defense industry. The best example of this can be seen in the aircraft sector. The number of manufacturers that work with AIDC has grown from 614 since the end of the IDF program to nearly 900. 
Due to all our efforts, we have successfully developed the Brave Eagle Advanced Jet Trainer, which is 55% made domestically. The Brave Eagle completed its first flight in 2020. Taiwan's aerospace industry has put planes in skies around the world and even in outer space. With full government support, the industry is set to soar even higher. Two years ago, China's Evergrande Group defaulted on its debts, paralyzing China's real estate market. Now another property developer, Country Garden, is reportedly in crisis mode. It's missed interest payments on $2 bond coupons totaling 22.5 million US or about 700 million NT. The company still has a 30-day grace period to make the payments and avoid default. But already the news has raised fears for China's property sector. The news has also set up alarm bells in Taiwan. In an emergency investigation, the Financial Supervisory Commission found that at least two privately held banks in Taiwan sold country gardens corporate bonds. This has exposed them to risk of about 220 million NT. As for the risk exposure of individual investors, about 17 million NT in bound products were sold to bank customers. Investment banks sold 1.7 billion NT in real estate funds related to Country Garden. Though these are not large sums, the FSC urges investors and banks to monitor the situation closely to minimize impact. Two top chip companies may be considering a price cut due to sluggish consumer demand. Accordingly to industry sources, TSMC and Vanguard International Semiconductor, or VIS, may lower prices for their 8-inch wafer foundry service by up to 30%. For TSMC, a 30% price cut would lead to a 2% drop in gross profit margin. According to a tech analyst, neither TSMC nor VIS has commented on their rumor so far. We now expect the foundry industry to decline mid-teens and our four-year 2023 revenue to decline around 10%. At TSMC's earnings call in July, CEO C.C. Wei said that weak end consumer demand would bring down revenue by 10%. According to the latest industry rumor, TSMC and Vanguard International Semiconductor, or VIS, intend to lower their prices for 8-inch foundry by 10 to 30 percent. If prices drop by 30 percent, there would be a negative impact on TSMC's overall gross profit margin of roughly 2 percent. That's a sizable hit. If the losses at Arizona are also put on the books, it would be extremely hard for TSMC to fulfill its promise of 55 percent gross profit margin for the year. Both TSMC and VIS have yet to comment on the market rumor. TSMC is known for holding firm on pricing, neither raising nor lowering prices on a whim. Due to TSMC's three-month production process, the financial impact of a cut would be felt in the fourth quarter at the earliest. This wave of inventory digestion may continue through the first half of the next year and even through to the third quarter. The issue is not limited to the semiconductor side, but affects the entire electronics industry supply. 
supply chain. Amid slow inventory clearance and weak consumer demand, the electronics industry sees little hope of a quick recovery. If TSMC does lower prices, its entire supply chain would be affected. The 39th Asian International Stamp Exhibition is about to kick off. The huge event will boast rare and extremely valuable stamps from around the world. Representatives from 89 National Post Office will show off their stamps. There are also lots of interactive exhibits and events, where you can design your own steps and philatelic cakes. While the event promises to be an absolute paradise for stamp collectors, organizers hope it also has much to delight visitors with just a passing interest in the world of philatelic. Treasures from the National Palace Museum feature on these stamps. The Asian International Stamp Exhibition has returned after an eight-year hiatus, and this year, many highly cherished stamps will be on show. The most unusual thing is that there will be 21 stamp collections which won the Asian Philatelic Exhibition International Prize. Otherwise, of course the most special collection is the British Guiana Magenta, because it's so valuable. One of the most valuable stamps in the whole world. Its value at an auction is about 260 million NT. This simulation of the exhibition hall shows off its many attractions, from the immersive fantasy stamp corridor to the Formosa-themed rooms where interactive exhibits highlight the beauty of Taiwan. The local food culture is proudly displayed on stamps, too. In the DIY zone, you can design your own personal stamps, as well as edible stamp-shaped mung bean cakes. The five-day exhibition offers many events based on daily themes, as well as stalls hosted by post offices from 89 countries around the world. At this presser, commemorative stamp packs were unveiled, along with various surprising stamp designs. AR technology allows you to use interactive filters and enter competitions and events, building hype for stamps and supporting artists. We have more experience now, and we've designed the exhibition more carefully. There's a greater range of associated events. I think it will attract larger crowds to participate. More than 1,000 valuable, award-winning stamp collections will be on show at the exhibition, giving stamp collectors a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to lose themselves in a stamp Shangri-La. Dengue fever is gripping the South, and now Taipei has found its first case since 2020. The patient is a boy in Datong District who recently traveled to Tainan. After his diagnosis, the government launched contact tracing and disinfection work near his home. Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an headed to Datong on Thursday to inspect operations. Disinfection crew sprays the pavement as Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an inspects the operation and chats with locals. On Thursday morning, Jiang appeared in the alleys of Datong District, where Taipei's first dengue fever case of the year had emerged. The CDC confirmed yesterday that it was Taipei's first domestic case of dengue fever. We immediately established a district emergency response center and launched disinfection within a radius of 100 meters from the patient's residence. In the afternoon, we will convene a task force comprising several government agencies. This first case involves a boy who lives in Datong District. He had gone to Tainan on July 21st for a three-day trip and later developed symptoms including fever and fatigue. 
he saw a doctor on August 4th and tested positive for the dengue. His case was reported to the government and contact tracing operations were launched that same day. He was confirmed as a dengue fever patient by the CDC on August 9th. The incubation period for dengue fever is relatively long, so we will monitor the situation until August 31st. The three people he lives with were immediately tended to, and they are all in good health. The patient traveled to Tainan in late July. He was mainly active in Tainan's East District and Yongkang District. I'd like to remind people that if you have a history of travel to dengue fever hotspots and you develop a fever, muscle pain, headaches, eye pain or rashes, please see a doctor as soon as possible. This is Taipei's first case of dengue in three years, and it sent the local government rushing to action. As of August 8th, an inspection found that 5 out of 173 water vessels were breeding sites for mosquitoes. They were all cleared or disinfected. Teams have been mobilized around the city. We regularly monitor mosquito concentrations in the city to find locations where mosquitoes have laid eggs. If there are more than 50, we immediately launch pest control measures. Besides conducting disinfection, the environmental department also put out a public announcement, asking locals to watch out for dengue symptoms and mosquito breeding sites at home. A Taiwanese woman has died of a rare brain infection caused by the Negleria valerie, commonly known as the brain-eating amoeba. The woman, who was in her 30s, had visited an indoor water park in New Taipei. According to tests at the park, the pool water's chlorine concentration did not reach standards recommended by the Ministry of Health and Welfare. The park could face fines of up to 1.5 million NT if the amoeba is found in samples collected. We carried out tests on the water's chlorine content and found it was insufficient. Whether that led to the presence of the amoeba remains to be clarified by an investigation led by the central government. The amoeba can enter the respiratory tract from the mouth and nose and make its way to the brain, where it causes an inflammation. Once an infection happens, it is hard to diagnose because it's not something that we screen for in regular testing. There is also no consensus in treatment, as there are too few cases of this kind of infection. There is no established treatment. There are about 40 amoeba species under the genus Negleria. Only one of them, Negleria phalaria, is pathogenic to humans. This amoeba can be found in freshwater bodies, hot springs, and pools with insufficient chlorination. It can also be found in water heaters and even soil. Initial symptoms of infection include headache, which later progresses to neck stiffness, seizures, loss of balance, and hallucinations. Its death rate is 99%, and even if cured, patients still may experience epilepsy and emotional disorders. The Taipei MRT will lower the AC settings inside trains by 1 to 2 degrees this summer. This decision comes after complaints from riders about the heat inside MRT cabins. According to Taipei officials, the extra cooling will raise the monthly power bill by up to 2.5 million NT.
Metro riders grip their fans. It's oppressively hot as they enter the platform to board their trains. This Wednesday in Greater Taipei, the mercury soared to 38.4 degrees Celsius, the second highest temperature in the country. Passengers stepping into the MRT expected relief, but were greeted with air that wasn't much cooler. This summer feels especially hot. I got to the MRT. It was so hot outside and it didn't feel that cool inside. It used to be that once the MRT gates open, you would feel very cool. Over the past few weeks, I've noticed it being very hot when I board the trains, as if the air conditioning weren't turned on at all. That makes the entire car smell quite unpleasant inside. In response to passenger complaints, the Taipei MRT will lower its summer AC settings for train cabins, which are currently 25.5 degrees on high-volume lines and 25 degrees on the Wenhu line. All lines will be set to 23 degrees during peak hours and 24 degrees off-peak. During less busy periods, such as early in the morning or late at night, adjustments will be made based on the weather and passenger volume. The new policy is expected to send electricity costs soaring. Of course, a considerable amount of money must be invested. The Taipei MRT has been quite clear about this. At present, we are able to cover the relevant expenses. This is a necessary expenditure. There's no way around it. Temperatures will be lowered in train carriages to improve the passenger experience. But the train platforms, which are subject to governmental temperature regulations, will likely stay too warm for comfort. The Bureau of Energy decrees that indoor temperatures be no lower than 26 degrees. But it emphasized that the rule doesn't mean the AC must be set at 26 degrees. That might leave room for slightly cooler stations, but metro workers have their work cut out for them. How do you think about finances? Are you a keen stock market dabbler, a careful saver, or does thinking about money give you a headache? In Taiwan, finances, savings, and investments are a huge interest for many people. But how do normal working people really manage their money? Today, we meet actor and performer Guo Yatang. You might know her face from soap operas or dance shows. She shared with us her financial strategies. Everything she does is working towards her goal of buying property. And maybe some of her strategies could be useful for other would-be home buyers. Guo Yatang has become well-known as a soap opera star, but that's far from the extent of her talent. She can also tear up the ballroom floor in a dance show. And she's a proficient event MC. Alongside her many performing skills, she's recently gotten into backstage work, planning events. Always the hardworking pro, she has one goal in mind, buying a house. Maybe it's because I'm a Taurus and my grandparents brought me up. So I've always thought that a house is a feeling of stability and security, like you have a base there. I want to buy a small three-bedroom or large two-bedroom house. Guo wants to buy a house to support her family. She has gradually built up her savings through gold passbooks and U.S. dollar time deposits. The bigger picture principle is that if the greenback falls, the gold will rise and vice versa. At the same time, I simply thought that no matter what happens, gold and U.S. dollars can't possibly see their value wiped out. 
Her goal is to save up a 4 million NT deposit in three years. She also has high dividend stocks and regularly picks up dividends and allotments. I started buying stocks in the last two years. I looked for some stocks with high dividends. You buy them regularly every month as a form of savings, and then you don't need to think about them again or look at them again. I invest about 15 to 20 percent of my monthly income. Guo recommends her financial management strategies as a good way to build up wealth for oneself and one's family. A Filipino migrant worker is brightening up his Xinzhu workplace with a huge array of beautiful murals. Sunny Torreflores Simara came to Taiwan 12 years ago. The company worker is an exceptional artist who has covered the walls of his firm with inspiring nature scenes. When he's not at work, Sunny likes to explore his own town of Xinzhu and sketch the local scenery. He hopes that in the future he will get more opportunities to create beautiful public art for Taiwan. This is Sunny Tour Flores Semera, who has lived and worked in Taiwan for 12 years. On weekends, he's not one for company lunches. He prefers to go out on a solo outing to a new part of Shinju and find a quiet, overlooked spot where he can sit down. Today, Sunny's come to Shinju Moat Park. The cotton flowers are bursting into an array of startling scarlet. He can't resist capturing a view like this in his sketchbook. For me, uh, nature uh, have trees, water, land, uh, plants, and animals also. I like, I like also. Sunny and his college classmates all went abroad after graduation. Sunny first went to Brunei, then Taiwan. His boss asked him to help beautify the workspace, which is when the whole factory became Sunny's canvas. From the outer walls to pride of place in the meeting rooms, from the living spaces of the dorm to the stairwells, every spot is filled with Sunny's colorful murals. There are a breath of fresh air for the workers here. Taiwan is like my second home. I've learned so much here and received a lot of help. I think that my professional skills have reached a new level. Before coming to Taiwan, Sunny always thought he would go back to settle in the Philippines and open a small art gallery. But now, he prefers the lifestyle in Taiwan. He's been able to spread his artistic wings over the last 12 years. If he gets a chance to use that paintbrush to create more beauty and inspiration for Taiwan, well, he won't say no.